RadioInfluence.com. Thing that I never thought in a million years would happen. happen. The champion, the challenger. Here we go. This is the MMA report with Jason Floyd on Radio Influence. I am back for another edition of the MMA Report podcast. It is the interview edition of the show, and I have got three fighter interviews. On this episode of the podcast, you're going to hear from a fighter who's going to be part of the UFC card come up here on November the 19th at UFC Vegas 65. Cody Brundage, who will be taking on Rodolfo Vieira, had a chance to uh, catch up with Cody. Been a little bit of time, so I had a chance to uh, catch up with Cody. Of course, he's won back-to-back fights, most recently coming off that win against Trayshawn Gore. Spoke to him about this matchup against Rodolfo Vieira. You know, talked about an Instagram post that he had about uh, his growth and improvement as a fighter. Also talked about who is a tougher critic on him. Is it his coach, Mark Montoya? Or is it his wife, Amanda Bobby Brunage? Of course, you may know her as Amanda Bobby Cooper. And uh, then you're going to hear the conversation that I have with Amanda. That's going to be a part of the Unified MMA 47 card on December the 2nd. The first time I've had a chance to talk to this man, Ali Sharkey, as he's going to be a part of that fight card in a 175-pound matchup. Spoke to him about uh, his martial arts journey. This is going to be his fifth professional fight. Also uh, talked about kind of what goes on with him in and outside of the training room. And part of that outside of the training room is uh, he calls himself a foodie. And uh, we talked a little bit about food there as uh, he's the guy that uh, says uh, he, he kind of likes to have some crazy burgers. So you'll find out what he classifies as a crazy burger. And then the final interview you're going to hear is with the man's going to be fighting coming up this upcoming weekend. In San Francisco at Dragon House, Brandon Olsen, as he'll have his fifth professional fight, he's going to be taking on Matt Chapman, had a chance to uh, talk to him about returning to competition earlier on this year as he did not fight in 2020 or in 2021. Talked about an Instagram post that he had where he talked about that uh, this matchup is another chance at redemptions and uh, notes the fact of uh, he doesn't know how many fights are left in his career. He said could be a ton, could not be a lot. So talk to him about that matchup. Of course, as always, appreciate you taking time out of the day to download and listen to this episode of the podcast. Of course, a great way to show your support for what we do here at the MMA Report. Rating, review, follow, share, all that stuff. It is so much appreciated. So let's get right into the interviews. As a first, we'll hear the conversation I have with Cody Brunich, and then it'll be with Ali Sharkey, and then the final conversation here will be with Brandon Olson. Cody, man, as always, uh, appreciate you coming on the show. Of course, uh, as we're talking here, we're two weeks out from uh, the next matchup here, Adolfo Vieira. Like, so uh, you know, I know what my day looks like today. Well, what's what's day? What's what's uh fifteen days out look like for you? Uh so today was actually my my last uh, sparring push. So I did like six rounds. Uh, so that's a hard hard day. You know, fresh guys rotating five minute rounds uh, really simulates the fight. So um, it was. It was good, man. It's, it's tough push, but uh, it's kind of we'll kind of tone it down now a little bit. Next week will be a little bit easier, and uh, then fight week obviously is just you're coasting, making weight, and, and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, my my hard part of camp is done. 
you know, I was saying because I know you were in Vegas last week helping out Josh and Dustin for their fight. So did that did that alter camp at all, or or did you kind of was it kind of like it for you? Maybe it was a, a nice relief to kind of get away, but you're still with your teammates in the grind. Yeah, it, it was obviously a little bit different. Uh, it did alter camp because I'm not doing practice at Factory X, but nothing crazy. You know, I got the PI. Luckily, the fights were in Vegas, so I had a place to train. Did a little bit of work. Uh, and I, I didn't fly out until Wednesday. So I was there for most of the week for practice. And, um, yeah, I still got my training in. And like I said, we're so close now that the work's the haze in the barn, so to speak. So it's not going to throw me off or anything. Uh, you know, we were kind of joking before we, we started this about, uh, you know, you're, 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 the the social media posts that you do have. But the one thing, there was one from 10 weeks ago. And part of the caption was, constant growth and improvement. Can't wait to close out the year stronger then we started like when you think about your growth as a martial artist of kind of what, what's the biggest difference you see in yourself? Um, I think belief is a, is a big thing. Um, I feel like I belong in the UFC now. I don't know if I felt that way, even going into my last fight. Um, and then also just realizing like compared to a lot of people, I haven't been fighting a very long time. You know, you were, you were interviewing me when I was a two and O pro, but yeah. that wasn't that long ago. You know, I, I went, uh, I'm still less than four years a, a pro in the sport, and that's not uh, a long time at all to be where I'm at. And so, just kind of realizing, like, I don't have to do it all in a day. You know, I can I could take my time and, and just it, we're focus really focus in on improving and being a better mixed martial artist, uh, and that'll lead to the outcomes that I'm having. And uh, yeah, I think just slowing it down a little bit, not wanting everything, not comparing myself to other people. Uh, that was something I struggled with for a long time. My coach would always say, you know, comparison's the thief of joy. So I think really just focusing on that and realizing that like the Cody Brunich who's gonna fight in two weeks would crush the Cody Brunich who fought six months ago, you know. So yeah. that's kind of what yeah. I'm always aiming for. You know, it's kind of you know, crazy hearing you talk about that where you're facing an opponent who has the same exact MMA record as you, but obviously he's been around combat sports for a long time and everyone knows Rodolfo for his BJJ. Like, when you're facing someone that you just know, like, even though we have, we, we've seen him up on the feet, we, we've seen him do, and, um, you know, some we've, we've seen him gas out in a fight, but then we saw him go three rounds as last match against Chris Curtis, like, how do you how does that alter your mindset going into a fight camp where you just know like hey in his ideal world he wants to take me down yeah i feel like uh, i'm fortunate you know i come from a grappling background as well you know american wrestling and uh i'm not a world champion american wrestling don't get me wrong but i feel pretty credentialed and uh especially for the division and for the sport um but it doesn't really change my mindset too much because i feel like like i said my my mindset going into fight camp is I'm going to just, by the end of this fight camp, I want to be a much better fighter and I want to be much better everywhere. So I'm not necessarily focused entirely on, you know, I know what he wants to do. And obviously, you know, I know what he wants to do. We game plan and things like that, but I'm more focused on what I'm going to do, um, which I think will help me a lot. You know, I feel like guys are so scared of going to the ground with them, it, going to the ground with him, excuse me. It, it literally, uh, freezes a lot of guys. They have a hard time uh, making it work, so to speak. You can see it in their fights. You know, even Chris Curtis, he's a great striker, but he's a little bit hesitant on the feet because he doesn't want to get taken down. And, and I understand that because he is so uh, credentialed. But I'm just, I'm not going to be intimidated for the fight to go anywhere. So I'm excited for it. You know, I, I think about it, and, and I feel like it's kind of like that. Sometimes it can be a running joke in MMA of 
more it seems more times than not when you're talking about a bjj practitioner like that is their there's you know like you think of like damian maya i think it is a name that comes to my mind i don't think of damian maya as a guy that hey he's gonna double a you or or single leg you like the way someone like yourself could take the fight to the ground like, it, like as you look at like the wrestling aspect because i mean obviously that's that's your background what, what do you think of his wrestling abilities I, I will say I think his wrestling for a jiu-jitsu guy is much better than most jiu-jitsu guys. I think he's very athletic. I think he's very explosive. Uh, I think his timing is a little off, and sometimes that's why he gets caught reaching, but he's so powerful and strong that he can finish on a lot of guys. Um, I also think that I'm the best wrestler he's ever fought, and uh, obviously he's the best jiu-jitsu guy I've ever fought, but I think people are kind of overlooking the fact that I'm, I'm a much better wrestler than anyone he's ever been in the cage with, and uh, I think people forget that because my debut, obviously my wrestling chops didn't show, you know, I, I kind of got out grappled and, but people forget Nick Maximov's a, you know, he's a great wrestler as well. So I think, uh, I have a lot of confidence in that. I have a lot of confidence that he couldn't take down Chris Curtis and, uh, no knock on Chris Curtis, but he's not a wrestler. He's not a grappler. I don't think he would tell you he is. He's an amazing striker, great boxer. Uh, and he did his thing on the feet and, and was able to avoid the takedown. So that gave me a lot of confidence for myself to avoid the takedown as well. When you think about uh, like your mindset heading this one, how, how different is it a, a opposed to you know say your, your past two fights? Uh, it's really not that different. You know, it, it's up and down. It's uh, some days. Somebody Alex Hernandez asked me days like, "How you feeling, man?" I'm like, "I feel like a killer. I feel like I'm gonna do great." I said, "But don't ask me tomorrow because it's back and forth, man." Some days I'm like, "I can't believe I'm in this sport. I can't believe I'm in the UFC." And then other days I'm like, "Man, I deserve to be here, and uh, I'm gonna show out." So. I take it with a grain of salt. I've realized uh, over the, the last few fights that it doesn't really matter how I feel, whether I'm super nervous, uh, whether I'm super riding high on emotions, riding low on emotions. It's not going to affect how I fight. You know what I mean? The only thing that's going to affect how I fight is if I look super far into it. If I'm like, well, I'm feeling this way this time. I'm just going to feel how I feel, and, and I won't really even know until fight day what that's going to look like. But uh, I think just accepting it, making friends with whatever feelings I have because they're not going anywhere. So uh, if you're able to do that, it makes it much easier to fight. I also feel like I'm, I'm super blessed and I have a good perspective on fighting. I feel like uh, win or lose, other than my bank account, my life's not going to change that much. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's, and obviously I want to win. I hate losing, man. I, I'm super competitive. I want to win in everything I do. But people, we get caught up in this thing of like we're scared to lose, but we're not really scared to lose. We're scared of everything that comes with losing which is people ridiculing you, people making fun of you, the embarrassment, all those kind of things. And I've kind of made peace with the fact that uh, if I lose, the people that matter, none of that goes on. And the people that don't matter, don't matter anyway. So uh, I feel like I'm at peace going into fights, which is which has helped my mindset a lot. Look, I, I'm yeah. I, I, you could describe me as a sore loser. I'm, I'm not. I'm not afraid to admit that. Like, like, look, I, I'm gonna go yeah. play some darts with, with one of my tonight. Like, I. Like if I lose a game of darts, I'm pissed. Like that—that's yeah. just my mentality. Like, like I'm sure if you're you're sitting at home with, with your wife and, and you, y'all are just you know, let's just say y'all are playing a card game, I'm probably sure that you have that same competitive spirit of like, <laughs> God damn it, she can't For beat sure. me. For sure, and she has the same one. So it's it's a competitive household. I grew up in a competitive household. I think people get the wrong idea sometimes when I'm like my life's not going to change much win or lose they're like you should care more and don't get her twisted like i care 
I want to win, like I said, more than anything. I, I really busted. I sacrificed a lot uh, to make it happen. But I'm just aware of the fact that uh, I felt worse after wins than I have after losses before. And not every time, but I have. So to just count on the win to make everything feel great or make everything feel all right, I think you're doing a disservice to yourself. And uh, so, yeah, I'm, I'm not focused on win or lose, just max effort. And usually, you know, if I get max effort, that takes care of itself. So that's the mindset headed into it. You know, we I, I've been in, involved in sports all my life. And, you know, I mean, obviously the biggest cliche we always hear is sports is so much more mental than it's physical. And, and hearing you talking, it, it, it just like it makes me think like, if you put a percentage on how much you think this this is mental for you, where, where do you put it? Honestly, I feel like especially when you get to the highest level because everyone has skills. You don't get to the UFC unless you're skilled. Yeah. I would put it probably 85, 90% mental. You know, I, I feel like – and that's different for everybody. That's the thing that's crazy about the mental. Some people, like, you look at and they're ultra confident. You would never see doubt in them, and they're super successful. Other guys, like, I would consider myself someone who – I'm confident. You can't be in the sport without being confident, but I'm very realistic, and I say what I feel. I don't get embarrassed to be like, yeah, I'm scared before I go fight. I train really hard because I'm scared uh, of – getting beat up on TV in my underwear in front of my wife and family. You know, I'm not scared. I'm not like worried what people are going to think of me because I'm still doing it. You know what I mean? So, uh, that's the crazy thing is everyone has a different mentality and you got to kind of find what works for you. And I've been super fortunate. You know, I got guys around me like Dustin Jacoby and things like that who are their mental masters, man. Those guys like Dustin for real, he's probably the most confident, most sure of himself in everything he does. And just to be around that guy, I feel like I'm more confident. So I'm like, okay, I'm just going to hang out around you and, and just uh, monkey see, monkey do and, and fake it till I make it. So, yeah, I would say, but yeah, 85, 90%. It's crazy how mental the game is. I hear you say that. It kind of it makes me think of uh, a couple weeks ago. I had Mono Martinez on the show, and you know his last fight, James Krause kind of became a little bit of a viral clip because <laughs> James. And I've talked to James about this, and he, he says, like, every athlete's different. You, you you know what you have to do to get the best out of your athlete. Sometimes you might need to be that just brutally honest, or sometimes you got to kind of talk them up. Like, yeah. where, where, where do you sit on that? Of Like, for you as the athlete, do you need, like, Coach Montoya to be like, hey, Cody, you know, you, you got to knock this MFR out. Like, where, where do you kind of sit on that? Yeah, I think me and Coach have a really good relationship. We've been on the road quite a bit. Uh, and just it goes a lot further than fighting. Just like as I became a new dad, you know, I don't have family out here. So he's kind of helping me through the process as we like deal with uh, the diagnosis of my daughter and things like that. You know, he's dealt with similar things. So I feel like just in life, me and him have a really good relationship. But I, I'm pretty thick skinned. Uh, I come from the wrestling world, which is pretty nuts. And coaches are known for, there's not too many coaches that are like building you up to, to get the best out of you. It's mostly like go beat this MF -er or else. So, uh, I'm, I kind of come from that world. I'm used to that. It doesn't really phase me too much. It, it, it also doesn't make me be like overhyped. I feel like you see people sometimes like, like when James was going off on mana, I feel like Mana did a really good job of acknowledging what was being said, but not overhyping himself, like realizing, like, okay, I need to go do this, but I don't need to come out like a bat out of hell for a minute and then gas myself out, you know? So that's them having that relationship. I feel like I have that same kind of relationship. Uh, 
I love James. James, that's James, man. He was <laughs> he stepped in and cornered me in my debut and kind of had a similar moment uh, before the third round, and I I went out and did much better. You know, I I, I deal with realism and realistic things better than someone blowing smoke you know and because at the end of the day if i'm in there and i'm getting my ass whooped and coach is like hey you need to go get a finish that i'm gonna receive that much better than him being like okay it's a really good fight it's close i'm like well i know it's not because i'm in there so uh yeah i definitely think that i I take the tough love a little bit better okay it kind of makes me think about like you know it's the monday after a fight's over you know, obviously you're going to sit down with coach, you know, coach is going to say, Hey, Cody, I think we did this well. Hey, this is what we could have done better. Is that film session harder with coach Montoya or is it harder when you go home? And now <laughs> she, because obviously she's been in this sport. Like oh, is she yeah. a little bit of a harder critic on you? Um, my wife is my toughest critic. Uh, she's my biggest supporter. I'll preface it. She's my biggest supporter. She does so much for me, but yeah, she's my toughest critic. And I think honestly, I used to get upset about it. I used to be like, man, you're so tough on me. But honestly, in in time, I feel like it's just because she believes in me so much and and she believes in my potential so much. So if I'm not reaching what her belief is, whether I can physically actually do it or not, that's what she thinks I can do. Uh, Then she's like, why aren't you doing it? Like, she's like, she believes in me so much. She's like, why don't you go windmill dunk on this 10 foot goal sometimes i'm like well i just don't have the ability to do that she's like that's not true you got the ability i'm like all right (laughs) so yeah my wife is definitely my toughest critic but uh i think it's just like i said because she believes in me so much she's my biggest supporter and uh i it took me a while to figure that out though for sure everyone knows your story with with your daughter How, how is your daughter doing uh actually just recently in the last couple months uh, she's done really well since my last fight to now. She's meet, meet, met a lot of her uh, milestones that we've set with her physical therapist, her speech therapist, her OT, uh, her early childhood development. So, like, we all meet with them, and then, like, for three months, we'll set milestones that we need to reach. And basically, they come every week, but my wife's doing all the work, really. You know, my wife went and got her CNA so that she could be a full-time caretaker for mm-hmm. our daughter, which – so now she has a better understanding kind of what she's going to do. And – uh it's been really good, man. We went and got it. Her last EEG came back uh, completely normal, which our doctors told us, like, basically, you'll never see anything. So it's rated on a scale of one to five, five being mm-hmm. extremely abnormal uh, and one being abnormal, but barely. And they brought it to us like that one to five. They're like, you'll never see a zero because of her condition. Mm-hmm. And uh, we got a zero on our last one. So I'm like, see, Kings, you're just proving everybody wrong. Uh, I think she's the, I, I think I'm the third hard, I'm a hard worker, but I think I'm the third hardest worker in my family. My <laughs> wife and my daughter definitely take the, take the crown for hardest workers. They're always busting it. And it's really shown a lot in, in Kingsley's improvement. And uh, I'm super thankful that I have my wife to do that because I always tell her, I'm like, man, if anything happens to you, not only am I screwed, but our daughter's so screwed because I don't know what I'm doing with it. So, uh, yeah, it's been good though. It, it, things are looking up. I mean, obviously it's still day to day, but things are definitely looking up. Because of the platform that you're on, have you had other parents reach out to you that that are going through a sim- similar situation? Like, and maybe they're just like, hey, this is what I'm seeing, and and maybe just kind of comes a conversation of trying to help each other out? Yeah, I, I've had a few. My wife has had a ton. She's had a lot of people reach out to her. Uh, I feel like being the dad kind of limits that a little bit. Mm-hmm. I feel like people are more – like moms are going to reach out to moms. Oh, totally, like most yeah. moms aren't going to reach out to me. 
So I feel like I, I missed it a little bit more. But I, I've done a couple of podcasts. Like uh, I did a podcast with Greg Grunberg. Uh, I don't know if you know who that is. He's a pretty famous actor. He was in uh, The Last Star Wars, whatever. But his son has epilepsy. So we just kind of did a podcast talking about, you know, rare diseases and, and how you deal with that. And I feel like any opportunity I get to talk about it, I'm going to because the more I see people talk about it and how they're dealing with it, it gives me confidence and gives me not even confidence that like, Oh, everything's gonna be okay. But confidence that like, no matter what we're going to make it, you know? And so that, that makes me feel good. And so I try to return the favor as much as I can uh, and, and do the same for people because really, I always say like fighting's awesome and I love fighting. It's a passion of mine, but the real reason I'm fighting is for the relationships I get to build with people and, and that stuff's going to be lifelong, you know, fighting such a shelf life. Like yeah. if I'm lucky, I, I don't want to fight past 34. So that's, I'll be pretty young then. I got a lot of life ahead of me. I just want to build a lot of relationships and uh, be proud of, of it when I look back on it and, and be proud of the message that I left, you know, carry myself with class and represent my family very well. You know, that's, that's my biggest goals for fighting. And then the rest will take care of itself. I think if I do that. So when you look at some of the, the, guys in the gym that are approaching that 34 maybe older do you look oh, at yeah. them and say i don't think i can be doing that at 34 oh yeah i give dj crap all the time i'm like dj what are you like 48 now still fighting in the ufc you know so he's barely older than me but i like to give him crap because you know he's the vet on our team and uh i'll be there soon though but i was thinking about it, man if i fight till i'm 34 and i only fight three times a year that's gonna be over 20 ufc fights that's so many fights like that's so many fight camps. That's a lot of miles, man. Like, I don't know how some of these guys do it. I see like Frankie Edgar. He's fighting my teammate, Chris uh, Gutierrez yeah. next week. And I'm like, how is this guy still going, man? It's, it's tough. So props to him. <laughs> I, I feel like that's gotta be a weird thing for Chris though. Like you're, yes. uh, you know, obviously you're, you're trying to go out there and win the fight, but it's like, you've got this legend of the sport that has made it known you're his last fight. Like that's, it's gotta be a little weird situation. Yeah. It's a little weird. I think uh, a couple things, Chris is lucky. He had Jonathan Martinez went and fought Cub Swanson, which it wasn't Cubs last fight, but Cubs a legend. And, and yeah. to see, he was in his corner for that fight. So we got to see Jonathan kind of unseat Cub, which I think is good for his confidence to be, okay, I can be a legend killer too. Those guys have crazy rounds. Like people would pay money to come watch those rounds on Friday. Uh, and then also I know Chris, uh, he's told me a little bit. He kind of has a little beef with Frankie, which uh, I goes back to their World Series of Fighting days. I don't really know the whole story, uh, but I know that there's a little bit of bad blood there. And maybe Frankie's not aware of it, but Chris is definitely like he's not feeling bad about trying to go end his career. He's not like uh, he's not like everyone else where they're like Frankie's the man and he's done so much for us. He's like I'm going to take this guy's head off and take a bonus home with me. So I like it. I think he needs to be in that mindset. I think he I think he performs much better when he's in that mindset. Uh, and I'm excited for him, man. That's a huge fight for him. Put him in the top 10 probably if he beats that guy. And really, uh, I know it's Frankie's last fight. He's a legend, but that's a springboard for Chris. So I'm hoping he gets the job done. You know, when you, when you mentioned Jonathan, I, I think of the line he had uh, <laughs> prior to his last fight where he's like, I'm more scared to do an interview than I am actually to fight. That's the truth. I'm the complete opposite. <laughs> I'm like, let me do all the interviews and we won't fight. Jonathan uh, Martinez, he's so shy on, on camera. I will tell you, he's probably top three funniest people I've ever met in my life. I've been on the road with him a few times. He's the best, man. He's such a good dude, such a good-hearted dude, but he is hilarious. And I wish that people would see that side of him because the cameras come out, he, he uh, shuts down a little <laughs> bit, but the dude is hilarious, man. 
He's killer, man. Killer. I, I, I mean, I, look, I would sit there and go, can I just see a sparring session of just him and Chris just leg kicking the crap out of each other? Because, like, who's going to fall first? Oh, yeah. I mean, the, the rounds at our gym, I always say, like, they're like fight nights. I mean, you got, like today, for instance, we had Brandon Roy Val versus Yusuf, Yusuf Zalal. That's a whole dog fight right there, you know. And so depending on how the fights line up, the the board, we write, like, on the board, everybody's sparring around. It's a, it looks like a fight night card, so I feel like, you know, every time I see that, I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm in the right place. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome, man. Cody, as always, man, I appreciate you coming on the show. Of course, uh, everybody know anything final social media. Anything else you want to mention, man? Yeah, uh, Cody underscore Brundage underscore is my Instagram. You can kind of keep up. I'm not – we were talking earlier. I'm not always – the most uh active on my social media i need to get better at that but that's kind of where you can follow uh fight stuff fight news things like that and then my uh twitter is cody brunnage 185 uh that's a little easier to be active on so i do a little more on there but you know i'm, I, I'm so dialed into fighting right now and i forget about the other stuff so i gotta i gotta step it up <laughs> it's understand it's understandable it's very understandable that's how you make your money <laughs> yeah, thank you, thank you. awesome cody man i appreciate time as always man uh good luck here in two weeks man thanks brother appreciate All you right. Ali, man, I appreciate you coming on the show. Of course, you got this fight coming up here at Unified MMA. You know, I was going through your Instagram, and uh, there was one post that, that stuck out to me where uh, you said, "Young and all my shit. I can't settle for BS. I can't disrespect my. I can't disrespect myself like that." Um, yeah. Is that kind of always been a mentality for you in terms of uh, just, I guess, in life in general? Yeah, I'd say it's like a life thing that i go with you know like uh i can't be doing i can't be i can't have this goal just thinking about it and uh not giving it everything you know so i literally just go balls to the walls with this and give it everything like i feel like that's like kind of like a it's, like it's a motivation thing for you because i mean obviously because you know you know no matter who's standing across the cage from you like they're probably i mean they've been thinking for the last six weeks how they want to take your head off they can try, <laughs> they can try, but, uh, no, yeah, I'm excited for December 2nd. It's going to be a crazy show and, uh, I'm glad we got an opponent. It took, uh, it took a while to find somebody there. We had names. We're just waiting for somebody to sign. And then we got Faye. He's the one who, uh, he signed on the dotted line. So I appreciate that from his side. When it takes that long to find the opponent, like, 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 is there part of you that takes that as a compliment? Like, man, no one, no, no. I, I do take it as a compliment, but the thing is with these people, everyone just, they're so quick to say, oh, he's, he's this and he's that and he's inexperienced, but no one wants to sign. So I don't really mind. I don't mind these guys talking shit or like saying what they want to say, because I know no one, no one really wants to sign and fight me, but, um, I don't know what's running through phase head. He, I don't know. He, maybe he thinks he's got, he's got what it takes, but I'm going to, I'm going to remind him and everybody else that I'm on the come up right now and there's pretty much nothing they can do to stop me. Is there ever a point where you sit back and, and like it, it becomes frustrating, like, damn, well, someone just signed the contract. Yes. And no, because I know there's always going to be somebody who's going to fight. Like there's always going to be that one person who's going to fight. And the way I go with this is I, I'm training 24 seven, man. I'm not, I don't train just for fight camps meaning if I have an opponent or not. So like whether, whether someone signs or not, I'm training every day, I'm getting better every day. So they, they, they're better off fighting me now because I just keep getting better and better. So mm -hmm. I'm not really in, in a rush 
to keep getting these fights. I'm just doing my thing, getting better every day, training with my with my team. And when the fights come, they come. As you think about where you were, let's say six months ago, as a martial artist, and you talk about you know, looking to grow each and every day. I mean, I know the cliche we hear in the fight game is like, Hey man, I'd beat the living crap out of who I was six months ago. Like, but what do you, what do you, is there something particular about your game that you, you see where, Hey, this is where I've taken some of the biggest steps. I think all around, all around, I keep growing like with, with everything, with the conditioning, with the wrestling, with the striking, um, all around, I keep getting better, but there's just, uh, I feel my wrestling caliber, like for someone who's never wrestled before in his life, um, I feel like that's the one, the one martial art of mine that just really grown exponentially. And uh, I think it's really hard for people to stop me at this level. And by the time I get to the next level, I'll be on a different level myself. So I just feel like I'm just going to keep growing with, with that in that in that martial arts. And I, I mean, that's my main focus. Everyone knows it. They always say he's just going to wrestle. Um, you could try and stop me or knock me out, which everybody's, they all just KO him, which sounds very easy until you're standing across from somebody who's ready to take you down. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm just going to keep growing with, with all my, with all these martial arts that I'm doing and um, hopefully we'll get to the top. When did you start martial arts? I think 20, 2017 was like the first punch I threw, but that was just like hitting pads. It was nothing. Uh, it was nothing crazy. I think 2019 is when I said, "Okay, I want to fight." So before that, I had no martial arts history whatsoever, no jujitsu, no wrestling, no boxing, no nothing. Just uh, just an angry kid fighting on the streets. Like I, I love fighting. Like I was I was always down to fight. But as for training in a gym, it was just weights. That's all I did. Was just was lift weights. You mentioned about, you know, 2019 is when you, you made this decision of, Hey, I want to take a fight. Was it just, was it as much of your competitive spirit that you're like, Hey man, I've been doing this for two years and, uh, I, I got that itch. I'm probably one of the most competitive guys out there when it comes to, I used to play soccer in high school and that was probably the most I competed in something was soccer, but I've always been a competitive person with when it comes to like whatever, whatever it is, always down to compete. And uh, I felt like the uh, the itch to fight was there was a, there was a big fire lit under, lit, lit under my butt, and I just wanted to uh, I just wanted to compete in fighting, be the best fighter out there. And I mean, here we are, fast forward. What, what are we? 2022. Um, I haven't missed a training day. I haven't skipped out on anything. I just that's all I do. I I was I was working full-time job making six figures a year easily with my eyes closed and uh i easily was able to just throw that all away i still work full-time but uh i didn't i don't really care to focus on work like i was it wasn't money that i was after i was just uh i was after something more than more than money and i feel like fighting filled that slot for me and uh that competitive drive that i have I mean, you're a fairly, you know, big dude. Uh, anyone who's seen pictures of you uh, inside the cage makes think, like, what position did you play in soccer? Uh, I was a striker. Okay, see, I was, I was, I was thinking defenseman. That was where no, I was no, thinking. I was fast. I'm still fast. <laughs> but, I mean, they used to just chip the ball over, and you'd see me running down like a, like a horse just going right after it. Yeah, but 
Soccer was good, but I just feel I was good at it too. But I just feel like it wasn't. Uh, I mean, if you quit doing something, it wasn't really your your passion. I'd yeah. say you know, because I look at fighting now and it's like, I don't know what I would do if I stopped fighting tomorrow. Let alone five years down the road or or whatever, however long my fight career is. So it's like, it's uh, it's crazy to think right now. Say, like, what would I do after fighting? You know. You know, when I think about potential attributes you can bring from, you know, the soccer pitch to the MMA arena, like cardio is one thing that clearly comes to my mind. Um, I think leg strength as potentially another major attribute. What do you think is the best attribute you brought with you? Leg kicks. Go watch my fight against Chris Lee Byrne. He think, he calls that a fluke, a lucky shot. But I remember my shin digging right through his, his, his I think I broke his fibula or some, mm-hmm. something in his leg. And that was that was the first or second kick. And uh, yeah, so I'd say I'd say soccer. I'd say soccer probably with the kicks, cardio too. But I I honestly don't think any kind of cardio compares to mixed martial arts. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's any cardio, any sport that will translate into having a good gas tank in martial arts. Is that something you had to learn early on in your career of 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 pacing yourself in you know inside around no i i don't think that was that was my issue because I, I, I was i've been training with high level dudes like the whole the, my whole time in this uh since i've been in this fight game so it's, i've always learned how to pace myself and whatnot um obviously what i feel like what it is is it's more setting traps and sometimes when you're just in someone's face the whole time it's hard to set a trap you kind of want to lure somebody in so that's why I've been letting off the gas a little, letting someone come in on me because I've been noticing the second I come forward, they go backwards. And that's mm-hmm. kind of like a fear thing. Like they know he's going to take me down or he's going to pressure me. So I want guys to come in on me. I want them to come up, come in on my legs. I want them to start throwing shots at me so I can, you know, start maneuvering around them. So I feel like that's why I've been trying to like pace myself a little more. But as for the cardio, it's since I got into this, we, I've been – Wrestling is the number one cardio. It, like, everyone knows this. No disrespect to boxing or kickboxing or any of that, but you can ask them what's harder: five minutes on pads or five minutes wrestling. And it will, it yeah. will, you'll answer in two seconds. Wrestling. Now this matchup's at 175 pounds. Where, where do you? I mean, because obviously Unified does a great job with these other weight classes, you know. So you're not having to cut mass amount of weights, whatnot. But as you think about where you want to go, where do you ultimately see your division? I think it depends on the, the matchups that I get. And at the same time, I don't, I, I don't mind. Like, I feel like I'm a welterweight. Mm-hmm. I am a welterweight. So will I fight at 85? Definitely. But I feel like as a, as a weight class, I'm a welterweight. I mean, I, I cut a lot of weight, but I'm not the tallest guy out there too, right? I'm only 5'10". Mm-hmm. Like yeah. So I'm not the tallest guy out there, but I do cut a, I, I do cut a decent amount of weight to – to super welterweight. How do you see the victory coming uh, against Faye? It could come anywhere. I could, I could KO him. I could submit him. I could be in his face for 15 minutes and put on a show. It's, it's, uh, it could be, it, I feel like it's in my hands. I choose what I want to do with that fight. Um, no disrespect to him. I didn't, I didn't see much of him on the internet, you know, maybe cause he's not that, that relevant. I don't know what it is. There's the, nothing on him which i don't even care because i don't really watch footage on nobody i train for a certain style mm-hmm. and when i have an opponent the only thing that goes in my head is hey stop me if you can i don't care what you have to offer 
I'm going to be in your face and let's see if you can stop me. So no disrespect to him, but I don't think he can beat me on the feet. I don't think he can beat me on the ground. I don't think he can, he can even grind it out and have more heart than me to, to stay in there for 15 minutes. Um, he's going to find out real soon that he's not even close to being on my level. And uh, I mean, I appreciate him taking the fight. I really do. You know, I respect everybody who, who signs the contract mm -hmm. and gets in the cage. But at the end of the day, it's going to be my time again. One of the things that uh, Unify was telling me about you is uh, so apparently you're a little bit of a foodie. Oh, I love food, man. <laughs> I love food. <laughs> so like when we're out of camp and like it's, you know, Friday, Saturday night, you're just going to go out and have a good time. Like, is there a, a certain type of food that you, 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 you find yourself drawn to? Um, I like wing nights, uh, sushi. I, one thing I like anywhere I go, if I'm ever in like Toronto traveling, the first thing I'll, I'll do is look for a burger place, just some crazy, crazy okay. burger. And that's probably what I'll go to first. But even during camp, I feel like I just have a good metabolism and I'm always frequently training and burning calories that I always can eat what I want. Mm -hmm. But sometimes I just, I don't do it more of a, like a mental aspect of it. Like I'll just stay away from that because I don't need it. But the second I sign a contract, my discipline goes from 100 to 110%. Okay. But when it comes to food, it's like, I'll just, I'll eat anything. As long as I can, as long as I can just eat a bunch of food, I hate being limited <laughs> to something small. <laughs> you mentioned you like a crazy burger. So like, like, what do you consider a crazy burger? A crazy burger? Something's going to put you in food coma. I, I, I don't, I don't remember what the place was called, but I went to, uh, in Toronto and they had, it was a, they had two, two, two chicken patties, two beef patties, onion rings, and they had the, what else did they have on it? Turkey bacon. Um, it was literally a tower. It was like literally this big. That's, that's, that's an odd combination. You know, it I, was everything. This burger was like stacked to the max. Like it also goes, why'd they go turkey bacon and not pork bacon? Well, number one, I don't eat pork bacon. Number one. Okay. But number two, I'm sure you could get that if you wanted. The, the, the yeah. menu looked like it had everything. Yeah, I mean, like, I, I, don't, I couldn't do, like, you know, like, you see those big food challenges. I couldn't do that. I just could I just, I'd probably get through, like, a quarter and be like, I'm done. I actually want to do one after this fight. There's uh, Uncle Mo's Donair. It's a Donair place in in Calgary. They're actually one of my sponsors, too. They have, uh, it's like, a, I think it's a two-pound sandwich, two oh, pounds wow. of meat. So it's a pretty big sandwich, and... Uh, I think you have to complete it under time. I think you get, you get like an hour, maybe a little under an hour. So I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna tackle that one. I'll let <laughs> you know how that goes. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. it's. Uh, I remember uh, talking to George Carhayan, and he's on the carnivore diet, and he talks about eating two pounds of steak, and I'm like, good lord, dude. I'm I've like, been on that diet my whole life. He he oh, talks about how much it's helped him out. Um, in, in terms of, that, of going that route, you know, cause there's, um, I forget the, the guy who wrote a book about it, but it's that whole mindset of just eating meat of being that being your whole, you know, diet. I mean, that's what they did back in the days. That's yeah. what, that's what, 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 what the early ancestors were all doing. They were all eating, slaughtering, uh, cattle or whatever. Like they were eating everything off the land. Right. So I don't, I don't really understand this, uh, 
vegetarian lifestyle. No, no disrespect to it. Everyone can do whatever they want. But I, I could, for I me, I've, do been, it. <laughs> I've been on, I've been eating organs and meat my whole life. Yeah. You I can't, can't I, tell me that it's not going to make me strong because I feel like I've already, you know, achieved strength. Yeah, I need meat. <laughs> I could, I could, I could do the the vegetarian. Oh, I couldn't do it. I got the I got the barbecue on twenty four seven, bro. Literally, always on. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. But of course, look forward to seeing this fight here on UFC Fight Pass Unified MMA forty seven December the second. Ali, appreciate you coming on the show. Of course, uh, let me know anything. Follow social media. And of course, those sponsors that are helping out. Um, actually, big shout out to Cove Properties House of Cars. Um. House of Cars. Who else? Yeah, I can actually list them. I can, let's read them out quickly. These guys are all... It's crazy when it comes to sponsoring. You have just so many of them, and you're like, you don't want to forget nobody. Um, uh, South Trail Barbershop, Orange Theory Fitness, A&A Paving, House of Cars, Uncle Mo's Donair, Candle Real Estate, YYC Detail, Denture Daddy, SCM. Yeah, those are, those are them. I got quite a bit of sponsors. I got a lot of people rocking with me in the city, man. Like... Uh, that's the one thing I really appreciate all the support that I have. And I just got to keep doing what I'm doing. And you guys will all see me at the top very soon. Brandon, man, I appreciate you coming on the show, man. Uh, of course we're talking here on a Friday afternoon. So uh, what's what's a typical Friday afternoon look like for you? Uh, Friday afternoons. I pretty much just uh, come into the gym and uh, have kind of a open mat format um, and just kind of, uh, I don't know, me and a couple of my teammates, we all just get together and kind of keep it striking centered on Fridays, but uh, we'll just kind of pick uh, an aspect, you know, whether it's clinching or uh, short range weapons, things like that. And then we just kind of run with it. All right. So that makes me wonder, like, who's that teammate that, you know, you, you walk into the mat on a Friday afternoon, like, hey, man, they're uh, they're bringing the, they're, they're going to break some hard stuff at me today. I mean, I, I got a couple of those. Uh, my uh, my main uh, training partner, especially this camp, is uh, Lucas Martino. Uh, he's been a big help. Um, I've uh, only been training with him uh, for about, like, the past two years. Um, but uh, he just – same weight as me. Um, he's a little bit taller. But uh, we just basically show up. We have similar schedules, and it's just every time we go, you know, we're trying to push each other. Uh, he's got a lot more background in uh, striking Muay Thai than I do. And uh, I'm like kind of been a long time uh, wrestler and grappler. So it's like we're both trying to kind of push each other in those uh, areas that we don't have as much experience in. Yeah, we uh, get a lot of good rounds in together. You had an Instagram post where you were talking about this fight coming up here at Dragon House where uh, part of it was another chance at redemption. I don't know how many fights I got left in me. So make sure to see me fight in person before it's too late. Uh, I mean, that, that, that comment stuck out to me. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, something that I've been kind of dealing with um, pretty much since 2020. Um, I actually took some time off from MMA. I was kind of focusing on jujitsu because I wasn't taking training as seriously uh, just because I had a lot of stuff going on personally. Um, but since then, like I got back into MMA, obviously I had my, my first fight in like three years, um, a couple months ago. Uh, and so even though I've just kind of started getting back into MMA, like I got married in 2020. Um, like I just uh, started making a little bit more money. Uh, it's just one of those things that like, I don't want to complain too much because uh, MMA has always been like something that I love to do, but it, I mean, it takes a lot out of you and uh, it takes a lot of time and money and energy. So it's like, 
I kind of uh, have recently put a time span on it. And it's like, I got to got to do something in the next year or so. And just trying to kind of let everybody know that, like, there is a finite time that I'm going to be fighting. So obviously fight nights, the, the fun night, because you get to you go in there and do what you want to do. I mean, obviously the training yeah. aspects, it's a grind. Is that is that a way you would describe it? Yeah, I mean, uh, training's also fun, uh, especially like when you've got a lot of good teammates, uh, got a lot of friends like I do. I mean, my closest friends have all come from fighting. Um, so it's not all bad, but it's definitely, you know, one of those things where, especially when you're not really making money from fighting yet, like it kind of, uh, kind of comes out to a net, net even, um, especially when it comes with medicals and things like that. Mm-hmm. But uh, it, it's definitely hard, like, working and then going straight from work to the gym and then you know now i've got other responsibilities too it's just like just fills up your whole day and it's like day after day like you just know you got to keep putting in that work because like you said like fights are are the fun part like i'd be fighting every other weekend uh if it wasn't you know like something i had to be putting in that work in between you know, you mentioned about the layoff that you had, no fights in, in 2020 and 2021. We, we stepped back inside competition back there in August. Was it was it one of those situations where it was like, okay, I'm back home? Or did you maybe feel like, oh, man, I got I to gotta get a little rust off here? Uh, a little bit of both, actually. Um, it was one of those things that, uh, so since uh, I got back into competing, uh, like in jiu-jitsu, like I said, and then for this last fight, I just wanted to make sure I was uh, remembering to just have fun because that's what I've always done. Like, I just always love doing it. So I uh, kind of had that feeling of like, all right, this is, you know, what I what I enjoy doing. So might as well have fun. But at the same time, it was uh, it was definitely like kind of a sobering up moment stepping in there. And then uh, like after the fight, especially, it was just like, man, there's a lot of stuff I forget, like in that moment, kind of how, how fast stuff can go by and it's like you sometimes look back and you're like, why did I do this? Why did I do that? And it's like, I don't know. Sometimes you just kind of have that adrenaline and you don't remember, like, <laughs> don't remember your training too well. As we're talking, we're eight days out from this matchup. And it makes me kind of think about mindset. Every athlete's got a mindset. How different is the mindset heading in this one as opposed to where you were at back in August? So mindset-wise, uh, I've kind of been trying to, like, take a lot more responsibility um, for my own training and also like how I'm training. Uh, it's one thing that, uh, like I said, I have a lot of good people around me. Um, I mainly train at the resistance fitness center in Pleasanton, California. Um, I do uh, train a little bit at, at some other places to get some other looks, but uh, I've just really been trying to kind of have that mindset mindset of like, this is my fight. This is my career. I'm, I've been doing you know, not necessarily fighting for, for super long, but I've been wrestling, doing jujitsu, competing um, in, in martial arts for a long time. So I've kind of had that switch of I know what I'm doing. Um, I have coaches and teammates that I don't want to say that, uh, you know, I know everything because I still have a lot of learning uh, technique wise. But if someone's telling me, oh, you should, you know, be running and lifting this way or that way, it's like, no, I'm, I'm good. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to trust my own instincts now because I'm I tried it a lot of other people's ways and, you know, cutting weight, stuff like that. I've gotten a lot of advice from cutting weight and it just doesn't work out sometimes. And, uh, you know, I, uh, I don't know, just kind of trying to tell myself, like, I know best <laughs> for me, at least. When I say the name Matt Chapman, what's the first thing that comes to mind? 
uh, strong wrestler. Yeah, from what I've seen uh, in his, uh, I've seen uh, he only has uh, one pro fight. Um, he had uh, a tough time getting hold of um, Obadiah, his opponent. Um, Obadiah was being uh, really elusive, but once Matt was able to get a hold of him and drag him down to the mat, he was able to impose his will on him. So trying to definitely kind of negate that uh, with my own grappling and, and clinching and things like that. Do you think because of his background, your background in the wrestling aspect, that is your is part of your mindset thinking this might end up be a, a fight that is primarily a kickboxing matchup? Not necessarily. Um, partially because I think uh, I actually have been trying to get back to my roots of, of wrestling and grappling a lot more. Um, that's another mistake that I think I've made in the past where I've always been uh, lankier, not as strong as a lot of the guys that I fight. So it's always been if I'm fighting a strong wrestler to kind of try to be elusive and, you know, kind of like Obadiah fought uh, against Matt. But I'm also not a super explosive or fast twitch kind of athlete. I've always been like a slow white guy. So I'm kind of like trying to add that to my game of my mindset is not necessarily like, oh, I got to try to, you know, be backing up and slipping punches and, you know, I uh, obviously don't want to go strength for strength for somebody like Matt, but, you know, I'm also a grappler and I don't want to kind of end up, even though I feel comfortable uh, with my jiu-jitsu and uh, being on my back, I don't want to necessarily go into the fight thinking like, all right, he's going to end up on top. I'm going to like have to work for my guard because, I mean, most people know from MMA, that's kind of a losing aspect, like long term for, for a fight. Now, when we talk about the, the life outside of fighting, your manager was telling me that uh, you work as an exercise specialist for people with disabilities. So how did you uh, get involved in this? So uh, it was um, a while ago I was working uh, with someone else, um, kind of doing the same thing, um, similar to like personal training, uh, but the clientele was mostly people with physical and mental disabilities. Mm-hmm. And then uh, around uh, 2020, again, with like the pandemic and a lot of things um, kind of switched up, um, I ended up just kind of going out on my own and uh, creating my own business, doing the same thing. So uh, it's just kind of one of those happy mediums. Like I've always um, been uh, pretty good with coaching. I've coached uh, middle school wrestling in uh, Livermore, California for probably five or six years now. Um, So I've always been uh, very patient with coaching and teaching. And it's one of those kind of happy, like, uh, conversions of, like, uh, the physical aspect and uh, fitness and then um, just being able to work with people that, you know, it's just basic fitness that uh, needs to be kind of, like, brought up in the, in the right way to kind of communicate with a lot of my clients. There's a word you said there. Uh, you talk about being patient. Would you consider yourself a patient fighter on fight night? I would say yes, uh, but I also tend to – kind of have that like once I get hit or if I get dragged into something I, I definitely will bite into my mouthpiece um I think a lot of times I need to kind of like try to pull back on that a little bit because uh, it's you know not always uh, the best strategy but uh, I definitely call myself a patient fighter also has told me that uh, one of the things outside of fighting and, and competing you love to do is travel with, with your wife and your dog. So is there, uh, is there like a bucket list travel uh, destination for you and your wife? So uh, my wife's got the list. <laughs> I pretty much just kind of get dragged along. Um, 
I've uh, I've always been into traveling. Um, when I was uh, first starting fighting, I went to Thailand uh, on my own, and uh, I went there to live uh, for three months the first time that that I went to Thailand. And then uh, once I I met my wife, uh, she's actually from Brazil, so she uh, came to the U.S. and then uh, we met, and so we've traveled. Uh, just recently went to Portugal and France. Um, she's uh, wanting to go to Norway next. Like she's got all of these different countries and. <laughs> Uh, we also, um, in uh, 2020, converted uh, a van into uh, like a camper van. Okay. Uh, so we've gone to a couple spots in the U.S. driving-wise and stuff. So she's kind of got all the spots picked out, and we just kind of work it out together how we can uh, can get there. Yeah, I'm more I'm more of a let me fly there traveler than let me drive there traveler. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, that's uh, one thing that I I definitely like the uh, kind of more leisurely kind of uh, like I'll get there and kind of hang out and she wants to go everywhere, like a new, every day, a new city, you know, <laughs> we'll, we'll go visit one place and then we're on a plane or a train and then the, we're a new city the next day. And man, it's like no sleep, no, <laughs> no relaxation. It's just, it's not a, definitely not like a relaxing vacation. <laughs> now, does she like to enjoy coming to your fights or is she more the spouse? That's kind of like, I'll be there to support you, but I might have my eyes closed. She's definitely there to support, but would rather not see me get, you know, yeah. punched and uh, punched and kicked. <laughs> Is that kind of like uh, the family's uh, mindset on this too? Yeah, my uh, my parents um, have gone to most of my fights. Uh, they've always been supportive. My my dad was the main reason I got into wrestling as a kid, so they've always uh, been there to support. Uh, my mom pretty much like she'll go there, but she doesn't watch because <laughs> she's pretty much either like turned around the other way or, or things like that. But uh, they're all uh, very supportive. And I, I also had uh, two older brothers um, growing up that they were both in the, in the fighting. So it's definitely been something that, you know, growing up, we would always be watching fights and, and things like that. So. Of course, look forward to seeing this fight here November the 12th. I appreciate you coming on the show. Of course, uh, let me know anything you can on social media. Anything else you want to mention, man? Uh, no, just uh, like I said, just anybody that's uh, available, come watch me fight. You know, it's uh, only going to happen so many more times depending on how things go. So hopefully I'll be fighting for, for years to come, but uh, you never know. And there you have my conversations with Cody Brundage, Ali Sharkey, and Brandon Olson. Appreciate all those gentlemen coming on this edition of the MMA Report Podcast. Of course, all those interviews were done in video form. So uh, if you want to check those uh, conversations out in video form, or hey, if you just want to show a little support for what I do here, if you could uh, you know, give that a, uh, a thumbs up over on YouTube, uh, would definitely appreciate that. Of course, uh, if you're not subscribed to the MMA Report on YouTube, be sure to do that. Uh, uh, putting more and more content up uh, there. Uh, some things have been kind of crazy in my life, but kind of getting back into the groove of making sure getting everything up there. Uh, some of the most recent uh, video interviews you have up there. Uh, Kevin Kroom, who I spoke to a couple weeks ago, he's got his bare knuckle debut coming up here. Also, uh, Mana Martinez, who you heard Cody Brunish talk a little bit there in that conversation also. Uh, so be sure to check out everything we got going on over there at the MMA Report YouTube channel. Of course, uh, coming up uh, this week, we'll have the midweek edition of the MMA Report podcast. You know, typically that episode comes out on, on a late Wednesday evening, uh, but that episode is going to be coming out on Tuesday morning 
of this week as myself and Daniel actually are going to be recording that episode coming up here on, on Monday evening because uh, I will be uh, heading to Munich, Germany on Thursday for Bucks and Seahawks. So going to try to get the show done early on uh, in the week. So, of course, you know, if you have any, uh, you know, topics or questions or you know, comments, you know, topics you want us to hit on, on that midweek edition. If uh, you can hit me up, uh, you know, Twitter, Instagram, uh, where, you know, all over social media, you can hit me up. If there's anything that you want us to talk about, of course, uh, the big plan for that episode is to really talk about UFC 281, which goes down here on Saturday night, of course, headline by Izzy and Alex Pahea. Of course, uh, we both know, we all know that's a, a rematch from their days in glory kickboxing. So it's kind of interesting to see uh, how that one does play out. Actually, I have not even looked at the betting odds. Let me pull up the betting odds for that fight. I would think Izzy's probably a three to one betting favorite would be my guess here. So scroll down here, best fight odds. Go down here to UFC. Let me see. Where is uh? Where is UFC 281? Oh, here it is. Uh, wow. Uh, is he only a minus 170 betting favorite over at DraftKings? That's a little bit surprising. Of course, uh, Chris Gutierrez taking on Frankie Edgar. Interesting to kind of hear you in that interview that I had with Cody. You talked about maybe there's a little issue with Chris Gutierrez and Frankie Edgar going back to the time Chris Gutierrez was back in the World Series of Fighting. Makes me wonder. Maybe that has uh, something maybe to do with Frankie Edgar's manager, Ali Abdelaziz. But I don't know. It'll be interesting to kind of see if Chris Gutierrez says anything over there uh, about that this week. But, yeah, interesting betting odds there on the main event. I would not have expected uh, Izzy to be less than a 2-1 to one betting favor. That That's a very interesting uh, number over there. Uh, of course, 281. I won't be watching live as uh, I'll be over there in Germany. But, uh, you know, obviously, uh, you know, you got uh, Carlos Spars, the defending her title against uh, Zhang Wei Li. I would expect you know, uh, Wei Li to walk away as the champion there, but she is a minus 360 betting favorite. Of course, that's going to, obviously, for Carlos Spars, it's going to come down to whether or not she can get that fight to the ground. Of course, we all remember her last fight, man, with that, that a snooze fest. Uh, but, you know, when I when I look at this fight card outside of the main event, man, Dustin Poirier and Michael Chandler, that, that should be one hell of a fight. Uh, also, looking at some fights that are going to be pretty interesting on this fight card, I go down to the TV prelims. Brad Riddell, Hinato Mancano, that should be a great matchup there at 155 pounds. Uh, Dom Reyes and Ryan Spann, I think that's a matchup that's got a chance to uh, have some fireworks to it as well. And uh, I will say the second fight of the night is another one that sticks out to me. Montel Jackson and Julio Arce. So yeah, these pay when these UFC pay reviews, man, they're they're just stacked top to bottom. I mean, we can sometimes complain about the the lack of depth of of a fight night card. You know, whether we're talking about an Apex card or maybe it's a card in front of the fans. But man, these pay per views, the UFC absolutely stacks the deck. So Daniel and I will preview that one here later on in this week. Of course, uh, we'll, the show will be available on the podcasting platforms. Also, that show will be available on YouTube. So that's going to wrap it up for this edition of the MMA Report Podcast, which you get two times a week right here at the MMA Report.com, your favorite podcasting platform, and RadioInfluence.com. 